Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I'm your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist, also keynote and TEDx speaker, and author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. It's your source of information regarding lots of things related to wellness, rejuvenating, positive psychology, my own particular spin on it that I call goal-achieving psychology, and lots of other things that can help you become the best version of yourself. It's also the place to contact me if you have questions and if you have suggestions for upcoming speakers. Listeners of the podcast know that we have been very fortunate in having a tremendous lineup of speakers, people who lead their own lives enthusiastically and are in a great position to help us to become the best versions of ourselves from their own specific perspectives. You also probably know that I rarely have a guest on a second time, but today is an exception. One of the reasons is because this is the 101st episode of the Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser podcast. So as we start into the next 100, I couldn't think of a better guest than Doug Sohn. Now, Doug has appeared before us once before, and some of the ideas he's going to be talking about, some of the accomplishments, were probably more glimmers in his eyes at that time than some of the things that he, that he's achieved since then. Doug is not only a friend, but he is also a trial lawyer, inventor, patent holder, entrepreneur, martial artist, husband, and father of six. I think those of us who uh, have kind of had one job and two kids, I guess one of the questions we'll have to ask is how he did it all. But at age 67, after a near-death experience, Doug got a moment of clarity, and he reinvented himself and became and began a new career as a personal development coach and speaker. His mission is to demolish the concept that people over 60 are done growing, and he teaches them to believe, and this is a great motto that he has, I'm never done growing, and the never is always emphasized. I suspect some of you may kind of have an idea of why I wanted to have Doug as a guest. So many of his ideas intersect with mine, and I have really promoted him in the past, really looking forward to doing it in the future, and today want to give him a platform to spread some of the wonderful things he does to our audience. So Doug, welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. Ron, thank you so much for having me here. And uh, thank you so much for that very kind introduction. I'm always happy to be talking to you. You know, we communicate back and forth from time to time. Uh, I've really enjoyed our first podcast and I'm, I'm extremely honored and, and happy to be here again today for a second time. Well, it's great to have you. It's great to have a, a kindred spirit who is reaching out to people who are in what might be called the senior years or older adulthood or whatever term we may want to use to encourage the fact that this is a very vibrant 
stage of life if we choose to make it that way. But before we start talking about some of your ideas to spread to others, I think your journey is particularly significant. I think that, again, as I mentioned, you've had lots of different uh, accomplishments outside of this space. So I, I guess I'm wondering how you got there and, you know, share a little bit about your journey to becoming who you are at this point in your life. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Um, if your audience doesn't mind, if I tell just a little bit of a story, a bit of background, I have been a student of personal development for, oh gosh, between 30 and 40 years, depending upon, you know, what you kind of pick as my starting point. And I studied the leaders in personal development from Earl Nightingale through uh, Brian Tracy, and then up through the, the more modern people like Tony Robbins. I was one of those people that that watched that late night infomercial and, and bought his cassette tapes. And they were on cassette back then, because this was, like I say, about 30 years ago. And, and I studied all of that and I applied it to my life. And as you mentioned, I'm an attorney, so I was fortunate enough to, to use those teachings, apply them in my life to, to build a successful career uh, now for about 43 years now as an attorney, have a successful marriage, be a self-trained inventor, get a patent. And I was very dedicated to using what I had learned to become the best version of myself. But I found something that occurred that sort of changed my view. Uh, and, and you mentioned that. It was about a year ago. It was February of 2020. Uh, this is even before the pandemic started. And my wife and I were about to celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary. And we were going to make a big deal of it, as you know, one would expect and, and would be one would, would want to have. We were going to have a, a big party at our house, have our friends over. We were going to renew our vows. We ordered a wedding cake, the whole bit. But that party never happened because I found myself in a hospital bed shortly before that party, suffering not one, not two, not three, but four mini strokes or TIAs within 24 hours. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I know you're familiar with what that uh, concept is, but for the audience out there, it's basically the, the brain supply to my, the blood supply to my brain just sort of shut itself off for a few minutes at a time. And, and, and fortunately, it did not leave me with any lasting damage. I was very lucky in that regard, but uh, we ended up celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary in a hospital room. Uh, with just our kids there. And because of that, it really made me stop. That was definitely a moment of reevaluation and realization of my life. And I realized that I hadn't gotten where I had expected to be at this point, that I still had dreams that I hadn't reached. And, and as I was lying there in that bed for, we haven't been in a hospital for three days, I was sort of analyzing what had happened. I realized I had reached a plateau. I'd studied all this stuff. I knew all this stuff. I had applied all this stuff. But somehow in my 60s, I realized I had sort of bought into the concepts that society tries to get us to accept as older people, that at a certain age, you're, you're really done growing. Uh, you've accomplished whatever you're going to accomplish. You know, I, I actually had somebody tell me, well, when you get older, your brain shrinks, you know, your brain development, you can't learn new things. And, and uh, the list goes on and on and on about what it means to be older or you know, get stuck in this category of being old. And as I got out of the hospital and, and got back to my routine, I realized that I had bought into that and, and that was not the way I wanted to look at myself or live my life. So I rededicated myself to going back to those, those learnings about personal development and looking at the new things. That's one of the reasons I encountered you, why we became friends. Because I found rejuvenating, I found your teachings. 
And, and I started applying those concepts. And then, and I realized also, as I you know, was looking at what you were doing and realized that you're reaching out to people in our age group, there, there wasn't anybody else that was reaching out to people in our age group. A lot of people in personal development talk to the 20 year olds, the 30 year olds and talk about what a bright future you have and you can grow, you can achieve and all that. But so few people are talking to people in our age group, 50s, 60s and above. And so I decided that I was gonna take that on as my mission very much like you're doing is to talk to people in our age group and make them realize that they are in danger of buying into this, what I call the big lie the society tells us about becoming older and instead, you know, accept, you know, your point of view of, and my point of view. And, and I, I love your concept of the, the second half century. That to me is, is one of the best things I've ever heard. And, and I actually have taken that and develop that into a technique I could talk about in a minute. But the fact that I can sit there and talk to people about what I believe life could be like for 60-year-olds uh, and 70-year-olds and above is one thing. But if I can point to you and say, look, here's an actual scientist, you know, who, who really understands the science behind this and can quote studies and has written a book, and, and he will tell you the same thing. And I, and I love this, this quote from your book. Aging is an awesome process with lots of rewards. If we approach it with the correct positive mindset, this could be the greatest time of our lives. That's one of the greatest things I've ever read, Ron. And, and that's something that I have sort of absorbed into how I view life and how I uh, approach my students and, and what it is that I'm trying to convey to people. Well, that's, that's so interesting. And of course, uh, a lot of people come on and they tell me they read my book, but uh, I, I know you have from what, you, what you've quoted. So there, again, I, I appreciate you really sharing this with us. I, I have two questions that arise from that, and I'm not sure which is most appropriate task first, so I'm going to throw them both at you and let you answer it in which, whichever order. One is, uh, you said that really nobody besides us are talking to the, to the older adults in the way that we are. Unfortunately, a lot of people are talking to us, but saying the wrong things tied in with the big lie. And I guess I'm wondering, why do you think that's that's happened? I mean, there, there are societies where older people are revered, you know, quality wine, tapestries, things of that nature. Old isn't necessarily a, a, a negative term unless it's used that way. So I, I guess I'm wondering, why do you think that has arisen? And uh, probably not fair to ask them both at the same time because they're not really related, but I'll I'll let you do the hard work of deciding what you're going to answer first. So the second question is, how is Doug Stone version 2.0 different than you were if I met you three years ago? Yeah, I'll be happy to answer both those questions. Let me answer the first question first. When I said that nobody else is talking to our age group, it, you make a good point. Yeah, there are lots of people talking to us in a negative sense. There's nobody or very few people besides you and me who are talking to our age group in a positive sense. And to me, it, I think this is sort of an artifact, at least in the American society and maybe, you know, Western European society of this emphasis on achievement that we are, and particularly in a, an entrepreneurial capitalistic kind of society, this ability to, to grow, to achieve, to, um, to accomplish, to make more money, to, you know, to get promotions, to, to build companies. I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think that 
the assumption is, is that we slow down as we get older and we are less capable of doing those things that this society values so much. And I think that's an historical sort of thing. And that's what I love so much about, about your work and your book is you scientifically demolish those preconceived notions. And I, and I think that there's a number of things going on. Number one, we have a different understanding now, thanks to you know work like scientists like you were doing, but also there is an actual change in our age group in terms of our capabilities because of the fact that our age spans are growing, our lifespans are growing. Uh, we have better medicine now. We have better nutrition. We have better understanding of how our bodies work. And we're capable of living longer, more productive lives. You know, your concept or your second half century, uh, like I said, again, not just wishful thinking. You actually base that on here is the scientific reality. At age 50, you could live an additional 50 productive years, not just 50 years of, of hanging in there and taking care of the grandkids and, and, and playing golf, 50 productive years. And to me, that is sort of the key to, to my work. Uh, this idea of I'm never done, done growing is based completely upon this, this, this new scientific reality. It is two things. It is a refuting of the old beliefs uh, that are just based upon tradition. And then and also this new understanding that really things have changed for us. We have a different future to look forward to because of the changes. And society hasn't revised its understandings to meet the new realities. I've got this tool that I use with my students called the 10-year swath, which I, I will tell you I came up with after looking at your concept of the, the next 50 years, the second second half century. And what the 10-year swath is, just very briefly, and I've, and I've got a whole sheet that's it, it can be a, a, a fairly involved exercise, but the basic concept is to look at any 10-year swath segment of your life up to this point and really think about what you accomplished in just 10 years. For you, for example, if you take the, the point at which you got your PhD and work back 10 years and see what all happened in just that one 10 year period. And as you teach at age 50, we have potentially one, two, three, four more of those 10 year swaths that we can look forward to. So I take people through this exercise of looking at what they have accomplished in, in a previous 10 years and project that into the next 10 years and realize, oh, my God, <laughs> look what I could potentially do. And it is a completely different vision from what it is the society is putting into our heads and that so many of the people in our age group are buying into. But it's a complete paradigm shift as far as I'm concerned. And, and I've applied it in my life to think about that. And so getting on to the second question is to, you know, what, what's different about Doug Sone 2.0 is that I'm part of this process of teaching these things. And as you know, we all teach, we most need to learn teaching these things about this new belief about my present and my future has caused me to go into this entirely new profession. I'm still practicing law, but I'm also building into this new profession of personal development teaching and my beliefs about what I'm capable of doing, the things that I'm learning, I'm, I'm learning at an incredible pace in order to be able to start this new profession and to be able to, to see for myself the kinds of things that I could take on, I, you know, these different software programs uh, and platforms that I've had to learn and these different concepts that I've had to learn. I just spent an, another three-day, 12-hour-a-day uh, workshop with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi uh, as part of this process. And just being able to constantly 
stimulate and test my brain and realize I can learn these things and, and I can apply them successfully. And, and I've been fortunate enough to, to gather, you know, a, a number of, of people into my audience. I've, you know, I've, I've got 500 followers on my Facebook page and I've got over 200 people uh, who are members of my private Facebook group. And, and I have courses online and I've done workshops and I've done live events, uh, all of which I didn't even know existed three years ago. <laughs> so, you know, that I was very fortunate enough. I, I mentioned before our interview that I've got this event coming up on Friday. Uh, I'm going to be one of four speakers at this publicized online event called Senior Citizens Day. Uh, part of Senior Citizens Day is put on by this real estate group. And they found me just by searching out people who have expertise for uh, for people in our age group. So that means that my my visibility is expanding. So, you know, I've, I've come from a, a point of zero of not really knowing anything about being able to, to teach people and share people, you know, my knowledge and experience. Uh, to somebody who now has that sort of that level of, of visibility. So that, that's that's what's new about me. Yeah, that's, that's terrific. I mean, the, the things that you've produced since I first met you, which wasn't that long ago, probably a little over a year, just, uh, I mean, has been amazing. And I'm wondering, before I look at some of the specifics, was it much of a, a difficult mindset shift for you as, I mean, it wasn't like you were, a teacher or a psychologist or a social worker, you were a lawyer who we are a lawyer who don't necessarily think of the kind of person who goes into, you know, this kind of self-help, uh, self-development field. Was Did it require much difference or, or am I thinking wrong? Well, no, and that's a very good question, Ron. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like a natural transition, but it was interesting because it, it felt natural and easy to me. And I don't know if that's because there are some similarities between what I do as an attorney, because I'm, I'm a trial lawyer. And so my task is to be able to take a certain point of view and present that point of view and the facts behind it and to be persuasive. And that's much of what we do as, as, as teachers, isn't it, Ron? Is, you know, we, we have to take what we know and put it in an understandable form and present it to our students and to our audience and in a fashion that will make it something that is persuasive to them. Uh, and so that's, that's sort of a natural segue. And also I think there probably is some sort of personality tendency that, that leans me in that direction. I remember the very first time I ever stepped out in front of an audience, I was something like 17 years old, I think. Uh, it, was a, it was a relatively small public event uh, we were publicizing the, the religion that I belong to, which is the Baha'i faith. And we had, had invited people to come hear about it in this. There's a, a stage in Babylon Park in San Diego, where I live. And it's a theater and, and it has room for a bunch of people. And I don't even remember how many people were there. Uh, but I had somehow become the MC of that event. It was a college club we were doing this for. And I remember walking out on that stage and looking out of that audience and just feeling like I was at home. <laughs> And, and bear in mind, I'm a, I'm a fairly introverted kind of person. I was always grew up sort of a bookish person, not very social, didn't have a lot of friends. But there's something about being out on a stage in front of people that just felt so natural to me. And so that was part of it. And I think another part of it is if you study something for decades and you and you pump all this, you know, this information into your in your head, it starts to spill out. <laughs> You know, and I think Tony Robbins kind of talks about it. you put good things in your in, in your head and eventually, you know, it's going to start pouring out again. And so I just found that 
it wasn't a difficult process for me to, to be able to take the things that I had learned that I was studying and to be able to then explain them to other people. So that's kind of how that went. That's real helpful. And thanks very much for sharing that. Well, one of the things that uh, I know you are, you know, helping other people to do is to win the morning. It was something that, you know, I've learned from you. I, it's really impressed upon me the importance of it. Can you tell us a little bit about that concept of, of winning the morning and why is it all that important for, you know, I've got some people in, in my audience who probably don't have to get up at any particular time. They don't have to get started with any ritual or things of that nature. Uh, I think I can explain a bit from my perspective, but there's obviously a really important concept behind it that that led you to, to go in that direction. Absolutely. Well, Ron, you and I both understand the, the vital importance of mindset. Uh, and, and mindset, I mean, we used to call it frame of mind, but you know, mindset is sort of the, the, the current term, and it means how you view the world, really. What is the sort of the emotional positioning of your mind at any given time? And, and we both know that it's, it's vitally important to have a positive mindset. I mean, you talk about that throughout your work. And what I came to understand, you know, years and years and years ago is this whole mindset piece of, of being successful or become, becoming the best version of yourself starts in your morning. And how you start out your morning is going to affect the whole rest of your day. And, and even, you know, for people who aren't involved in this kind of study and, and, and perhaps haven't looked at, you know, the psychology of mindset and all this, we can all perhaps relate to, you know, to this sort of story. Uh, let's say you, you get up in the morning and you stub your toe when you get up and you look out and it's rainy and cold outside and, and you get up and kind of in a bad mood. And your first interaction may be with, you know, a child, a grandchild, a, a spouse, significant other, whoever you know, you're with. And you're just kind of grumpy with them because you started out on the wrong foot. You, you know, we all heard that old phrase, getting out, getting up on the wrong side of the bed. And, and we've all experienced that. And we've all seen how that affects how our day goes. We treat people not as well. They tend to reflect that back on us and it throws us off the whole day. So if you can flip that on its head and understand how that same day would go if you started out with the right frame of mind, with a positive frame of mind, how much better that morning is gonna go the whole rest of that day. And, and then if you can envision yourself doing that intentionally and in a sort of scheduled, organized kind of approach, and if you can further envision yourself doing that every day, figure out how much better your week is going to go. And if you continue to do that, how much better your year is going to go. The way I talk about it is I talk about when your morning, when your day, when your days, when your life. And when I say when, it just means not necessarily you, you accomplish, you defeat something, something like that. It just means you have a day that you enjoy, that puts you in a frame of mind where you can accomplish the things that you intended to accomplish. So what I structured is uh, what I call my when your morning guide. And it, it is a, I got a full workbook that lays out in, in one page of sort of a four-step process for starting out your morning in the right frame of mind. And it, it has pieces that include uh, gratitude. Gratitude is extremely important for human psychology. And I know you, you talk about that. If you are grateful for things, it has a tendency to, if not banish, at least tamp down any negative thoughts that you might have. And there's a visualization portion of it where you talk about 
Um, you look into the things that you want to have come into your life and you visualize those things actually happening. Uh, and there's a, you know, a physical component to it. So I lay it on a step-by-step -step basis. Uh, I've got a full workbook on it and I actually have a little mini video course that goes along with it, walking you step-by-step -step on how to use it. And so I promote that to people as a way of getting that mindset piece fixed in, starting out first thing in the morning. And that helps sort of get them through their day. There is a, a personal development speaker, Jay Shetty. He was the former monk. He talks about the monk mindset. And here's how he talks about this kind of thing. Uh, meditation can be a part of this, but starting out your morning with that kind of mindset, he talks about is akin to putting on armor first thing in the morning. And putting on that armor protects you from the negative things that are going to hit you as the day goes through. And it's a great way of looking at this as well. You put on your armor first thing in the morning, bad things happen to us. You know, negative things will happen to us. It happens to everybody. But if you have that armor on, then it affects you so much less and has so much less power to knock you off your course or to make you feel bad or to make you upset. And I think it's a sort of a, it's a great analogy and metaphor, if you will, for this winning your morning approach. Yeah, that's so, uh, so helpful. It's been so helpful to many of the people that I work with. And uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's particularly important for people who may be retired or who have you know, who don't have to follow a particular ritual. And they'll, historically, they've been tied to the notion that the morning begins when they get up just in time to, to grab something, shower, uh, and get to work. And so unless they have a medical appointment, uh, appointment with the barber or the hairdresser, somebody that the morning isn't something that they feel a lot of control over and just follow the course of events. But I think it's just like anything else. I mean, nobody particularly uh, is enthused about exercising before they start doing it. And then it becomes part of their life. I, for example, don't eat after dinner until the, the next morning. You know, and it's at some point uh, I stopped missing it. And then at some point it would make me feel worse to do it, just like it made me feel worse to not exercise. I think it's I'm finding the same thing with the morning that it, it may not seem intuitively like the, the most fun thing to do because you're prescribing, in essence, certain things to do to somebody who doesn't have to do them. But it's just so self-rewarding. I, I just think it's a really you know, wonderful concept. It's really helpful. I, I have to say from a non-scientific standpoint, uh, because I haven't done any any real science on it, but I did mention it to a sleep specialist too. And that's in working with patients, I found that uh, really, if you're having a sleep problem, this isn't a cure for everybody, but it really helps a whole lot if you start thinking about your day and start treating the, the morning in a kind of structured way so that you really are tired. And uh, when it's time to go to sleep, you go to sleep. And, and for many people, that's a real helpful thing. You make um, a really good point about folks that, who don't have to get up in the morning. And part of this when your morning guide is to pick a specific time every morning that you're going to get up and do this and commit to that. And that's, Great. I think, uh, you know, it's just like so many other things. If you don't commit to your marriage, there's a real good chance it's going to fall apart. You don't commit to your job, somebody else is going to pass you on, on the ladder and so on. And if you don't 
commit to the morning, you just won't be as, as healthy and happy as if you do. You did point out that some of the, that unlike just spouting platitudes, that you're really looking to, for the support of science. And I'm wondering what particular kinds of things do you draw upon from a, from a science standpoint to, to support and promote your ideas? Well, to me, the most exciting area is this whole concept. And, and again, you talk about this in your book, Rejuvenating, is the whole concepts of neurogenesis and brain plasticity, the idea, and this is really new learning based upon all this, the great results that have come from all these incredible new diagnostic tools that we have these days for you know, different kinds of brain scans, CAT scans, MRIs, PET scans, tools that, that have been just developing over the last number of years and giving scientists like you the ability to, to actually peer into the brain and see what's really going on. And all these new learnings about the fact that not only can the brain still change and grow, but you can cause those changes yourself by your own thoughts and through things like meditation uh, and directed thinking and visualization that, and, and this is, I think 10 years ago, people would have been laughed at if they were, if they were told that by thinking, by meditating, I can actually change the physical structure of my brain. And yet these days you have physical evidence for just that thing. And to me, that is one of the most startling things out there and gives me the greatest hope uh, for our ability to become the best version of ourselves. I mean, usually when we talk about the best version of ourselves, we're talking about attitudes and beliefs and, and goals and things like that. But following this whole chain of concepts of, of brain plasticity and neurogenesis and the ability to use meditation and guided visualizations to make physical changes, you can actually become the best version of yourself physically in, in your brain and, and, and as well as, you know, physically with your body, with, you know, all the new learnings about nutrition and things like that. But the, the brain has been sort of the last bastion of the inability to access it and make any improvements for you know, all these centuries of understanding about how the, the human body works. We have been told there's really basically not too much you can do about things that go wrong with the brain. And I know from you know, a psychologist's point of view, that probably was very, very frustrating to you to not be able to do you know, a, a direct physical intervention into somebody's brain when they're you know clearly suffering from from some issues. I know you focus in on you know positive aspects and, and becoming a better version of yourself, not so much with uh with what happens when people will have things go wrong, but but I, I would imagine that all these new abilities and, and understandings have, have been extremely uh stimulating and, and and causing you to have a great deal of optimism about the future of, of the human mind in general and, and that's where my focus has been to a great extent as well as a lot of these uh, the other things about personal development in general but this new science about the brain to me is just extremely exciting yeah it uh, i'm really glad you mentioned that because it's i probably overstated but i think people commit malpractice on themselves if they don't use the newest information to become, you know, who they can become. And in both of our fields, we have to be concerned about malpractice, but I do think that people have a responsibility to not commit malpractice on themselves. And it's much the same as if you don't use the newest information scientifically, it's like the same as using the old information with respect to lifespan, with, uh, you know, in the social security, when the, the first act 
kicked in and, you know, you could collect at 65 and you weren't expected to live until 65, as long as 65. So if you lived a little bit longer, it didn't matter. But if you're going to live three or four decades longer, it, it really might matter. And, you know, I just think that uh, utilizing science, utilizing all of the information we have is really, really important. So, I mean, there's just so much that people can learn from you. I am so delighted that you shared some of this information with us today, but I would be remiss if I didn't give people the way to get in touch with you to see what else you've got to offer, uh, what other products or services you offer. So let me, uh, as we say in psychology, let me let you free associate about you and what you're doing and uh, how people can uh, gain from you. And, and let me say beforehand that all this will be in the show notes. So if you're driving, don't stop. Don't don't put it into your phone. You'll, you'll get it when in the show notes. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. And, 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 and very good warning there. I, I think that was well put. Um, yeah, I've got I have a website, successafter60.org. Uh, and there I have a lot of things about what it is that I'm trying to share with people. There are also ways in there where you can connect up with some of the courses that I have. I have online courses that I have available for people, uh, different levels of uh, length and, if you will, detail. Uh, you can start at a, a fairly modest level and, and sort of learn what it is that I have learned. I've got you know one particular course on goal planning that I think is a, is a nice introduction. I've also got that when your morning guide that we talked about. And I also, I do public speaking as well. So there's a, a section on the website that, that talks about the, the various public speaking uh, opportunities that I have. I have a Facebook page. Uh, we are at uh, success after 60 on Facebook. And there is a, a page there that you can go to all. I post things there uh, twice a week. Every Monday I come on and, and post something about a particular topic that people can sort of look at, digest, think about during the week. Then I come back on Friday and I do a Facebook Live where I talk about that same topic, span on a little bit, remind people, hey, here's you know what I mentioned. Have you been given some thought to that? Uh, and so there's a lot. And that I established that all about a year ago. You, you and I met about the point when I was starting this career. Uh, and I started that Facebook group and page at that time. Uh, and so there's about a year's worth of content on there. And, and there will be there's some quotes from Rejuvenating on there, you'll see. And then I do have a private Facebook group. And if people want to get further involved, uh, they can join that, uh, get a little, little deeper dive into what it is I'm doing. So those are sort of the different channels that I've got available for people that I can sort of share my, my teachings with, my learnings with. I think starting with the Facebook page and with the website probably would be the, the most direct way of going about it. And I also have uh, on the Facebook page, I also do, I go on about a weekly basis and post something in there as far as a blog is concerned. And I have a newsletter. <laughs> I'm more out there than I realize. I have a weekly newsletter too that I've had, I, just did, I think my 52nd uh, newsletter on that one. So, and that's in addition to all the other things I mentioned on uh, when I introduced you. So, uh, I mean, I think that's that's really terrific. I, what is it that Tony Robbins said? That if you take in a lot of good things, then good things will come out. So hopefully, my listeners, now that you have another place to go to to get good things, make sure that you do so. It's going to be really growth enhancing. I hope for uh, for the future that one day it'll uh, happen that uh, the title Success After 60 will have to be moved up because people will be 
pretty much knowing, hey, 60 isn't a, a stop uh, a point where you stop growing. And like you said, it never stopped growing. So let's uh, let's everybody do that. And, and I think, as I've mentioned a few times to other people, it's never too early to start growing old, <laughs> you know. So whatever you are in the lifespan, I think that the lessons are, it's a continuing process that involves some of the very basic things that we start with in childhood, learning, exercising, eating right, things of this nature. But now we've got more control over it and greater chance of it continuing for a long, longer period of time. So, Doug, I have not been disappointed once again by uh, having you on. I am thrilled that you shared this 101st podcast with me looking really, really looking forward to uh, doing it for 201 and uh, lots of lots of interaction in between. Again, I, I can't recommend anything uh, highly enough that, that Doug puts out there because it really dovetails with, with my work. It supports it. We all hear, you know, all the, the concerns about uh, dementia, about uh, losing friends, about physical impairments. There's a there's some things we can't control. There's a lot of th- things out there that are preventable and as much as possible delayable, if that's a word. So once again, thanks so much, Doug, and uh, look looking forward to to continuing to work with you. Thank you, Ron. Always great to have a conversation with the kindred spirit. Take care. So this has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's been a very special 101st podcast with our guest, Doug Sohn. And Doug has given us some real meaningful things to think about, to work on. There's so much more that he has to offer, so I hope that you will connect with him. And I hope all of you will download, listen to, rate the podcast, review it, And be back next week for another interesting guest that will help us lead our lives with enthusiasm and continue to grow because we are never going to stop growing. And Doug and I will continue to try to to make sure that that happens by producing, you know, really helpful content that can be meaningful throughout the lifespan. And on that note, we're going to be signing off. Again, I hope that you will visit my website, The Mental Health Gym. If you haven't gotten your copy of Rejuvenating, I hope that you will visit Amazon and pick up one of the formats, whether it be printed, ebook, or audiobook. And I hope that you'll frequently be making contact with Doug and you know, because he's he's pretty prolific. There's new stuff coming out every week. And uh, some of it is just surprising to me, just but something that I can incorporate into my lifestyle and uh, hopefully enhance my lifespan in the process. On that note, we're going to call it quits for this podcast. Remember, we are in, still in a pandemic, so stay safe out there and continue to stay positive and continue to live the best life that you can and the most balanced life that you can starting out in the morning on that note let's uh, call it and meet again meet up again next week 